inevitable. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. I'm totally Batman. <laughs> Communing with the Earth Spirits. Welcome to California, bud. Kawabunga. The world of magic. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secondary Heroes Podcast. This week, we're returning to Hogwarts with the Harry Potter reunion special. This is your host, Trevor, and joining me as usual is... Accio Podcast. This is Prague. It's Leviosa. This is the Loring Wolfgang. You're a wizard, Harry. This is Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you're back for another I'm back. episode. Returning with you guys to Hogwarts. This is unreal. It It's almost like we've got a brand new member. Josh, <laughs> don't worry. You can still show up whenever you want, buddy. I'm not replacing anyone. <laughs> secondary, secondary hero. Secondary, secondary. Yes. Hero. Tertiary. The backup to the backup. I like it. Oh, sitting on the bench, just waiting for a chance. You're and our we're... Neville Longbottom. I like oh. it. Oh, she. Right, well. That would make her the hero of the story. Yeah, it could be. The uh... only one. <laughs> We all start dropping out, and you're the only one left. That's right. Now I am the host. That's what you should do. Yes. No? That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> exactly. So, as you can see, I am cosplaying as Harry Potter tonight. If you're watching oh, on YouTube. that's who you are. Okay. That's I right. I am. First. I'm, okay. I'm Gen Z. Am I Gen Z? Or Millennial Harry Potter? What I, is I this? I think you're more Gen Z. Good, like, just with the look. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's trying too hard. It should be a. It's trying too hard. This is Potter trying too hard. Okay. Yeah. It's like hello. Yeah, if it was a bad Photoshop hat, it would be more. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Wait, is that the in thing? Is yeah. That... Oh, they're it's... super hip right now. <laughs> it's, so in. it's weird. That's um, so bizarre. I'm gonna go throw I... mine away real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I had to throw all my Von Zipper hats away. Ooh. Remember when that was a thing? Back when this movie first came out. <gasps> Boom! Wow. Uh, <laughs> no, but I wanted to tell a story before uh, we get into this. Um, okay. I think my kid is starting to see Dementors. Um, she started doing this thing where, and I'm sure you guys have heard of this, where kids can like see ghosts and see things that we can't oh, see. Yeah, like Harley, Haley Joel Osment. He did that. Yes. Yes. Well, my my child has entered that age frame where she's doing this really creepy stuff all the time now. Like the other day we were laying in bed and we were just goofing off and she stopped, stopped everything. She looks up at just this empty part of the room and just goes, bye-bye. And I'm like, oh, Adeline, what are we bye-byeing? Who are we talking to right now? She, bye-bye. I'm like, whoa, hold on. And then she did it tonight again. We were reading a book in the living room and she looks right out the window and does the same thing. She goes, bye-bye. I'm like, oh, it again. I know that we re-recorded this, but I'm getting goosebumps talking about it again. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I get goosebumps every time I think about it because I'm like, this is some this is some really creepy. Well, maybe stuff. it was nearly headless Nick. Who knows? Yeah, just uh, a, just a friendly ghost, maybe not something yeah. evil. 
Well, what I did was <laughs> tonight I said, hey, if you are here in my home, you are more than welcome to be here. Just be Aww. cool, man. Don't don't start messing with my stuff. Just be cool. I'm all right with you being here and hanging out with my kid and whatnot. Just be cool. Be cool. And just, just watch cool. out for parcel tongue. Make sure that doesn't happen. What is a Should parcel we get her tongue? A baby's first Ouija board. No, oh. we don't bring Ouija, Ouija boards into this house. That my dad like scared me to death about Ouija boards, so now we don't we don't bring that stuff in here. Okay, which is I'll weird because right I, now. I like what they look like. I think they look cool, but like, oh, that's creepy, man. I don't know. I don't need to bring that evil into my home. Well, well whatever you do, magic. watch out. Yeah, it's just magic, and Adeline's waiting for a letter in 10 years. <gasps> She's going to get a letter. I just got a letter. I just got a letter. Okay, blue sluice. Sorry, <laughs> I have a, a one-year-old, so this stuff just... Ah, that's yeah. what I that mean, is. All right. I feel like one of the best pranks, though, is to go all in with your kid and create the letter yourself and give it to him on their 11th <laughs> birthday and then go to the train station and be like, run it full run speed. Run as hard as you into that barrier, oh, and it will no. go through. Don't worry. Oh, my scar is hurting. Oh, there must be a snake person nearby. <laughs> a snake person. Jay, I wonder Isn't which one of us nice? doesn't know much Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, dude, I am an, an officiato of Harry nice. Potter's. This will be good. <laughs> so cool. How do we want to jump into this? We're talking about the reunion. This was, a, I guess, a big deal. I don't know. Same yeah, like it on social media it for a bit. Like it's been 20 years, honestly. It well, it was 20 years since the first movie came out. Yeah, since out. the first one. It's... And I guess it's only been yeah. 10 years since the last one came out. So are they just going to keep doing this every 20 for <laughs> all seven movies every 20 year <laughs> reunion? They're just going to do yeah. this all over again. Until they're all dead. You know? <laughs> sure. I don't know if you saw that memorial part, but uh, that, was, that was the best part quick. of their reunion. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. So Saddest, the in memoriam part, it just like fictional deaths never get to me, but combining fictional mourning with actual deaths, that, that was pretty good. The, the yeah, wand well yeah, the wand raising when Dumbledore dies in the movies, I don't really care because that Dumbledore deserved to die and everyone celebrated when he did die. And so to have the actual like memoriam for. People like Richard Harris, who is the best Dumbledore and is Correct. Dumbledore. Alex, I think you should probably do the disclaimer. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say, no, okay, so disclaimer, everybody. Uh, before we get into this episode, the views and opinions brought to you by our good buddy Trevor do not reflect the views and opinions of the entire show as a whole. So heed warning that this is probably going to get ugly in one but way or another that's okay he can it's okay we're allowed to have whatever opinions. he wants right exactly yeah. it's his opinions and people have their opinions it's but before we get to trevor's opinion we do have voicemails all right about the harry potter reunion man i have been a harry potter fan my entire life um ever since i was such a young kid i remember even my parents reading the books to me and then i read the books a million times and seen the movies a million times been at all the midnight premieres um, book releases. And to me, it was just so fun uh, to kind of relive that. It brought back so much fun nostalgia from childhood and all of those things, seeing the flashback videos and uh, just absolutely loved it. I also loved seeing how all of the characters were interacting um, 
while they were filming. I loved seeing uh, like Bellatrix and Harry's relationship. I loved seeing how they looked up to Sirius and Hagrid and just the producers with all of them. I thought it was so cool. Um, we ended up loving it so much. We watched it three times in a row. And then the next day I even went out and got the Harry Potter scar tattooed on my arm. Um, so that is how much I loved the reunion. All right, cool. That was from Elise, or as she's known on Instagram as Pop Anonymous. Thank you very right. much, Elise. That was awesome. And now the big next fan, one. Huh? Yeah, big fan. Oh, if you go onto her Instagram, huge Harry Potter fan. It's nice. awesome. I I actually had to reach out. I'm like, I've got to get this person to say some of Did you hear that she had a tattoo? She got a tattoo after the reunion was over. She watched it three times and got a tattoo. That's, That's some hype. Wild. That's Maybe a fan right get, there. I should get this scar tattoo to oh, my forehead. Scar tat lightning <clears throat> scar tattoo. Why not, dude? Won't regret that at all. <laughs> <No>. All right. <laughs> Here's our next voicemail. Hi guys. Uh, this is John, uh, also Night Marauder on Twitter. Um, I'm looking forward to your guys' uh, discussion about uh, the Harry Potter reunion. Uh, we we definitely uh, had a lot of fun rewatching the films and um, revisiting. Uh, the whole world of Harry Potter this way, um, seeing the cast and seeing how much they've changed and uh, everything that they have experienced through the films. Um, it was really, really fun. Um, it brought back a lot of memories of seeing the film um, Sorcerer's Stone in theaters at uh, 10 or 11. Uh, it was, that was perfect age to, to see in theaters. Um, yeah. And seeing, and going back to, um, uh, reliving memories of standing in line at midnight at a Walden books to get uh, the fourth, fourth book, a goblet of fire. And um, even reading Sorcerer's Stone for the first time was a, um, I always think about that, that first time. And I look forward to reading uh, the illustrated editions with my kids. Um, when they get a little older, we'll start reading those uh, with them. And that's going to be a pretty fun experience, but uh, yeah, um, looking forward to the episode. And uh, yeah, bye. Awesome. Thank you, John, for your voicemail, man. This was great having voicemails. This is such a fun feature. Hey, if you yeah. want to leave a voicemail for us, go to crossthestreamsmedia.com. There's a little button that looks like a microphone. Click that bad boy. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it. I told you we would. Where do we start? It's tough to detangle the reunion from talking about the movies and the books and everything therein. Of course. But we do want to use this time to not only talk about the reunion, but talk about other aspects of Harry Potter, like JK Rowling and how she fits in society right now. And the potential expansion of the Harry Potter universe beyond Harry and all the potential things you could do with TV shows or movies, or they're already doing video games and everything like that. So just it's a whole talking point of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, buckle in. That's this is gonna be a long one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a man. lot to cover. Oh, hold on. Check my watch. What time is it? All right. You just need a time turner, and you can just make time for it. There you go. No, I got a Delorean. Nah. Oh, also works. Uh. Oh, I don't have my time. I have a time turner. I don't know where it is. <laughs> All right. Uh -oh. Pause the podcast. Go find your time turner. <laughs> it's okay. Make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Suddenly it'll just be here. That's how that works, right? <laughs> right. But it's true. But you were there and now, and now you're here. And, but, but you were there and now you're here. <laughs> how long have you been there? <laughs> oh, I love that. So all, right. all together, what would, what, 
what did you guys kind of just think overall of this? I'm going to start with Prague on this one. Prague, what did you okay. think overall of this whole thing? Was yeah. So, um, I actually really enjoy the movies. Um, I, I also love the books. Um, the the reunion for me was fine. Like it, it wasn't like the best thing ever, or the worst thing ever. It was just kind of it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, I think my issue was that I felt like a lot of the stuff we saw was were stuff that I had already seen as like either deleted scene outtakes behind the scenes footage from the dvds so i've already seen most of this footage so there's a few moments in footage that i hadn't seen before that were nice to see that at least i don't remember seeing before and then obviously the actual interviews with them and seeing what they look like now was was a lot of fun for me so i did enjoy that aspect seeing people catch up with each other because it looked like these people you know they don't hang out with each other all the time necessarily they may have like text conversations but to see them actually come back after that long of a time and really get to sit down and talk to each other was really neat to see. So overall, I think it was, um, it was fine. It wasn't like it didn't blow me out of the water or anything crazy or anything, but that's how a lot of reunion shows tend to happen that way. But it was fine. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'll actually piggyback off you. If you guys don't mind, I'll go next. Um, I, at first I actually kind of felt a little disjointed because it, it almost felt like it, it just jumps into it. And then there's people in the great hall and they're all hugging each other, except Harry Potter's not there. Ron's not there. Only Hermione was the only one in that great hall with all yeah, it was of a bit the, weird at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. With all the second. And that was the thing. The beginning was kind of like, it throws you straight into it, but you're kind of like, well, what's going on? Are they, are they all going to just have a round table in the great hall? That's going to be kind of cool. And then it just, jumps around to something else so it's a little disjointing when i was watching it um but i think when you said it was like watching a commentary like a dvd commentary that's exactly how i felt this was a behind the scenes on one of the dvd commentaries it was Mm -hmm. almost like they were trying to do the same thing that um friends did friends did that but friends i thought actually did it better in a way I don't know. I thought having all having them all on the stage together talking of memories and stuff like that, that was really cool. That's what I thought this was going to be, but this ended up not being like that at all. So, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll and, take you back on that too. Yeah, oh, sorry. Okay, go, you you go. Can finish. No, 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 no. I'm, nope, I'm done. Okay. I'll get into more details when we get into this. Okay. Cause um, that's how I felt about it. It's not a reunion. Yeah, it didn't feel like a reunion. It's not a reunion. You see, it's like, you see the main trio together and then they have like separate pockets. But even like they have the Weasley family there and Rupert Grint's not with them. They have like, they show Emma Watson with a few people. Um, Like, I liked the beginning a lot. I love how it's like them getting their letters and stuff. I don't know why Harry had to be separate. There's like the whole thing with that. There had to have been like scheduling issues. I know. There had to have been. uh, Yeah. Um, And then, so it just... You're right. It felt very disjointed. And I'm like, I was waiting. I was like, at the end, are they all going to be together? And we're going to see everybody. Right. But no, I almost wanted there to be a moderator who like asked them mm, yeah. questions yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, it could have been Christopher Columbus. Cause my favorite part of Christopher Columbus, I guess his name is Christopher yeah, Columbus. It is. <laughs> but my favorite part was him interacting with all of them because yeah. like that stuff I haven't seen. I agree with Prague. A lot of it's footage I've already seen and interviews I've already seen and things I've already heard all of them say. Like them telling you them, oh, I love you. Like, I love you. Like, you always be part of my life. I'm like, I know all that. Obviously, yeah, okay. you guys yeah. like spent like 10 years together. Obviously, we know all that. We want, like, I loved the stories they told. Like Chris Columbus telling the stories about Richard Harris and all that stuff. Like that was the, the good part of the reunion. But right. other than that, it just kind of, I don't know, fell flat for me. 
Yeah. Again, back to the disjointed. It, it just yeah. nothing strung together. It. I feel like it didn't catch its legs until halfway through, and then it was like, okay, they're doing like chapter by chapter type of thing, which made sense and whatnot. But the whole beginning was just a mess. All right, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, let's do this. You guys are kind of <laughs> buckle up, it, but no, that's my problem. Isn't the reunion? My problem is the movies that the reunion is based on. But just for the reunion <laughs> itself, <laughs> it, it's uh, <clears throat> I, I wanted an actual reunion. Like, I understand it's supposed to be a mm-hmm. celebration, and that's good. I, I do. I want somebody to do a making of Harry Potter and actually mm-hmm. talk about what happened and how they had four different directors across eight movies that's really interesting to me it just all of the kind yeah. of behind the scenes that went into that but we're yeah, celebrating everybody and to just have like solo interviews like here's daniel radcliffe talking to gary oldman now here's daniel radcliffe talking to helena bottom carter and they don't talk together they don't talk with emma watson or rupert grant and tom uh felton he's uh talking to dean and neville and <laughs> They never interact with <laughs> anybody else. They're they're all like these little pockets. I don't know if it was a COVID thing, but if you have the Harry Potter franchise and your Warner Brothers, can't you set up a time for? We need like a couple hours for everybody to just be in one place, and we're just gonna have you guys talk because the little pockets disjointed and just it kind of took you out of what they were actually trying to convey with the story of the reunion because the reunion idea like friends at least imagine if it's like oh here's jennifer aniston and courtney cox talking and then they're just by themselves and they never interact with anyone else it would be weird yeah wouldn't have that same yeah that same vibe that they had um during that reunion so So and even in that reunion they do they do split off into pockets but they always came back together right and they always talked with each other and that was that and that's the thing is like that friends reunion was shot during the peak of the pandemic. Like even whenever they had the audience, the audience was split apart whenever they showed it, like in separate tables, like very minimal people there. They could have done literally the same thing. And we probably would have liked it a little bit more because yeah, you want to see Malfoy talking with Harry Potter. You want to see the, those interactions. Like they had a, major interaction together throughout the films and you never see them talk to each other once yeah it was strange yeah there's also a lot of notable absences like obviously there's (laughs) actors we've lost but like there were a lot of like dumbledore wasn't there mcgonagall wasn't there and i know like there's health issues and covid but it's like they could have like arranged an interview on a video just to like cut it in maybe just so they could talk like they don't even have to talk to anybody else but just to like be seen and be a part of it so it's it, there were very obvious gaps in it big people yeah you'd want to see and then like, so shout out my- to the guy who plays professor quirrell <laughs> who i didn't know was in the reunion in the very last very end he says one sentence and imagine you're that dude and you know you, he talked for like 30 minutes or an hour and he watches it back and he's like that's the one line they used that's the, the entire reunion <laughs> It's so funny that you bring that up. I was literally about to say the same exact thing. Bring it. I, uh, his name is Ian Hart, I believe. Ian Hart plays that character. Anyways, yeah. So he shows up for a split second. It did not make sense. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why even put that in there? The the time. Like you put that and in there, and all of a sudden it's like, well, now everybody who knows that character is like, Why? Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> I want to hear more from him. 
he was a big part of the first film yeah it's the main villain so yeah of course I don't know. I felt like this was probably like their idea of like, oh shoot, the anniversary is coming up. Why don't we make this like sizzle reel type reunion special to let people know that we have all the Harry Potter films on HBO Max? Let's rush it, you know. And I felt it felt rushed. It felt, I felt like, like an, it was like it came up on a, a calendar, and yeah. they're like, oh, oh my god, it's already been twenty years. Dude, oh, no, shoot. <laughs> that, that's a big round number. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Hurry. funny thing is, is the entire cast, everybody kept saying, really doesn't feel like it's been that long. No, it doesn't. To and me it's it because when they stopped filming, it hasn't been 20 years. That's when they right. started filming. That's true. Sure. Yeah. It's just because it's so long that it's only been 10 years, I think, since the last film. Yeah. So yeah. they should have waited another 10 years. It, it would have been cooler because it's like a lot of those actors are still doing things. Like everyone's like, oh, it's so good to see them. It's like, well, I've been a Harry Potter fan and kept on top of it. I knew how all these actors still looked. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. surprising to me to and see Rupert that. Rupert and Servant and, you know, Emma Watson is everywhere. Yeah. And all kinds of stuff. It's not yeah. like, oh my God. And like oh, Harry Potter wow, fans have been talking about <laughs> Neville Longbottom's glow up forever. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then it's like Ivana Lynch and Tom Felton are huge Harry Potter nerds. They go to like conventions and stuff. They're everywhere when it comes to Harry Potter. So, it just it would have been cooler to wait another 10 years and then do a reunion when they're like all a lot further from Harry Potter. I think it right. would have been more impactful, but I get not wanting they to might wait. do it in 10 years yeah. because that's right when they're going to reboot reboot the whole franchise. So it would make sense. <laughs> Why not? Is that a good transition? Well, I think it's a little too soon, but I mean, that, it once, so Discovery bought Warner Brothers and they're going to fail at that. And so once it goes up for sale again, I figure Disney's going to buy it and then Disney will reboot Harry Potter. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, hope it's a series. Yes. <laughs> Not movies, but a series. Like a Disney Plus series. It'll most likely be, be a fun. cartoon and it's just going to rehash the oh, same. Oh, I don't think they'll animate it. it. No, I don't think they'll animate it. For sure. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What would be the point? I feel like you need to hit the that 20 year mark on the last that, movie. Oh, Trevor, Trevor's going to tell you the point. <laughs> so there the point is. is that the movies, for some reason, the first two movies, Chris Columbus had a very specific idea in mind, a visual identity to the films. And he went and talked to J.K. Rowling. And she's like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And so you could see that the first two movies have a very specific design style that has this very like colorful, magical like just a simplicity almost. to it yeah yeah whimsy i think is a good idea and then for some reason i still don't know why chris columbus left and then and yeah, the i know i was hoping you were gonna special, talk about that he's like i felt guilty leaving and i'm like well, what why did happened you leave? <laughs> <laughs> don't just tell me you felt guilty yeah because his talking with daniel radcliffe and everybody that was some of the best mm -hmm. interview portions yeah, of the of reunion course. i love right. i love listening to him talk like he's one of my favorite yeah. directors it's like it's apparently because i've done some research on it apparently he left for family reasons like he didn't like yeah. being all the way in the uk and he wanted to be closer to his family okay um which is understandable but also like all right. yeah <laughs> i will say i was very surprised of how old Christopher Columbus was. I would yeah. think he would be way older considering he was born in the 1700s. <laughs> I was waiting for Dude, <laughs> the reference would at least be based on 1492. Chris 14, Columbus, not 17, <laughs> <laughs> Screw I'm going to edit this. I'm editing this part out. Nope. <laughs> so close. Only Golly, off I can't here. believe I said 17. Oh, I feel like an idiot. No. But, uh, just imagine if Chris Columbus directed all eight movies. There probably would have been seven. They probably wouldn't have split the last one. Just it would be a different timeline. You would 
the vision that happens out over time really changes a lot. Like I respect what Alfonso Cuaron did with number three, but it changes it a lot. And then for some reason, that's the only one he does. But a lot of the stuff like his design of Hogwarts and changing the landscape of Hogwarts. So it's more cliff like and, and the there's color all these, palette. Yeah. <laughs> the Dementor yeah. design, a lot of the stuff that he goes on forward. But then four is kind of they, they miss. It's the longest book. So that's going to be tough. Yeah. Oh, it's not. The fifth book is the longest okay. book. Oh, and then, but then David Yates comes in for five, six, and seven, and he makes it somehow darker. He applies a sepia tone to everything. The most everything. jarring thing is when they show behind the scenes, and it's like, how many filters did you put on this film for the final results? Because it doesn't even look like that's not the same movie yeah. that they shot. But it's just, I think for me, the weirdest aspect is they didn't ask any of the directors, how come you went and you have the books created? J.K. Rowling is really good at world building, but she's even better at choreographing action sequences within these books. Like she paints the entire picture of really intense story sequence that Harry does. Why would you decide as a director that I don't think that's good enough? And it's they didn't really, you know, again, it's not a behind the scenes. It's not an interrogation. It's not even an investigation of why they made the decisions. But David Yates actually does decide to bring it up for part seven or part two of book seven. And he's like, mm -hmm. in the final battle between Harry and Voldemort, I thought, you know, in the books, it's all, it's in the great hall. Everyone's gathered around and it's this big monumentous thing. I wanted to make it earthier and grittier. And so his decision literally is to go out into the courtyard and have no one around. So that way, for some reason, again, they do the thing where instead of the spells reflecting really quickly, where Voldemort does his kill spell and it right immediately goes back to him. Instead, it's that thing where the power goes back and forth between the two wands and then finally slowly but surely goes into Voldemort and he gets Thanos snapped away for some unknown reason. <laughs> and it Timing. just it loses the emphasis of the book. But I wanted to know why he decided to make that change because then after that, so Harry kills Voldemort and he walks back into the Great Hall. And people are having their own little conversations. They're drinking coffee. They don't even look up at Harry. How do they even know that Voldemort's dead? Nobody saw it. And no one even acknowledges that Harry made this monumental final culmination of everything. It's yeah. so weird to change like core structures of something that works. It's not like, oh, you know, that part of the book's so stupid that Harry kills Voldemort like that. That's idiotic. Let me let me change it entirely. I just want to know why they because they did it for every single movie every single one of these directors yes they did so we talked about we me and him talked about that before is you watch the chris columbus ones and they're missing things because you can't translate an entire book into a movie it's just not sure. there's not enough time an audience won't sit in a theater that long right. although movies are getting longer so maybe they will who knows uh and when you watch it, you're like, okay, he cuts stuff out but the story still happens the same way it happens in the book and then you get to three and suddenly things are different. They're changing how things happen. They're like reordering things. They're moving things from one book to another. And it's just, you're just like, why? Why is this happening? Oh, I don't know this stuff. I didn't read the book. So we, we, we I literally know the movies. That. We were talking about that. And we we're like, we wonder how it is for people that just watch the movies. Aren't you confused by some things that they don't explain ever? And like, that's they, a good question. A character development for granted that people like you know that these characters do this or these motives right. but i don't feel they fully established well, in the movies e even other things like there's the piece of glass that harry has 
in the seventh oh, the mirror. Eighth movie, the mirror. Yeah. They never explained how he got never that or who it is. <laughs> when I watched the movies, I was so confused why they never talked about it. I'm like, I was like, where did he get that? I know he's supposed to have it, but how did he get it? They never talk about it or whose it is or why he has it. Yeah. And it's just, it confounds me why they just cut the stuff that's clearly important. It's like the whole impact of Dobby's death. It's like they cut out all of the house elves. Yeah. There are no the house elves in, book, in Harry Potter. Yeah, book slash movie four. Neville gives yeah. Harry the gillyweed to deal the second task in the Triwizard Tournament rather than Dobby doing it. Dobby always plays an influential role after book two or even but, in book two, but we see him in two and then he shows up in seven and then he dies and it doesn't mean anything to the audience <laughs> no, because exactly. we didn't see him do anything in three, four, five or six. Because That's they funny, don't, yeah. they don't oh, have, ahead. so the food, Alex, in the Great Hall is made by house elves. They work in the kitchens beneath the Great Hall. Oh, I didn't know that. And so there's all this whole plot in Harry Potter, the books about these house elves and Hermione's like fighting for their freedom. Mm -hmm. And there's like these other house elves that are important characters. But no, they're just like, just like a lot of the ghosts and all the like peeves and all those things are like, mm -mm, no house elves, except Dobby. And so some reason Dobby's important. And interestingly on that, I mean, there's Creature where he betrays Sirius and pretty much is effectively causes his death. And we never see his betrayal. And so no. when he shows up in seven, it doesn't mean anything that Harry actually has to come around and actually connect with him, even though he absolutely despises him. Yeah, strange. So I'm going to I'm going to stop you guys for a second and I'm going to back you up. You guys okay. said you would have rather had Chris Columbus stick with the entire series. Mm -hmm. Do you or at least think... stick around as a producer? Do you well, think he produced though, the third one? Yeah, but I mean that like, the whole thing. It yeah. it would have been because each each episode or each each episode. Uh, I, at this point, it's a miniseries, yeah. uh, a very long miniseries. Uh, each episode it got darker and darker and darker. Do you mm -hmm. think Chris Columbus? Because Chris Columbus, when he made the first two, right? He made the first two. I felt like they were very like this is for children. This is like a kid's movie. It's very children focused. Do you think that he could have made that transition as they got older and whatnot to continue to make that dark transition rather than keep so it kind of on the kiddish? Dark I think it's a relative term. Just because you add rain doesn't mean it's darker. Yep. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying that's like... literally what happened a lot. They added rain in a lot of sequences and they put on filters the darkness of the books doesn't really trigger until the end of four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, there, there's some dark tones, obviously they get more adult, but I feel like the movies compensate that like, Oh, we made it darker. It's like, they literally made them darker. Well, they literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally. yeah. I felt like every scene was at nighttime. I know. Yeah. I like, like from five on or something like that. It was like yep. every scene was in night. And honestly, I would have appreciated the dichotomy of having that, that warm, like whimsical color palette with darker tones going on because Hogwarts still this warm magical place exactly. and so is like the wizarding world but like this bad stuff is happening and these kids are growing up but it, they just were like well they're darker so everything is going to be dark now and, and it's just I think even if it's not Chris Columbus just to not have after he lets go they have three different directors and that's just changes vision and you can tell it's 
like people always complain about the Star Wars sequel trilogy that it's idiotic that there was no overarching structural plan to go from JJ to Ryan Johnson back to JJ. That's what they did at Warner Brothers directly through these Harry Potter. There was no one like there already is a structure in place. There are seven books and they're like, no, we need different creative vision. And we just rebooted it each time. Like we still have the main actors, but the director plays such an influential role in how everything is conveyed. Yeah, it, it almost felt like the different like bonds throughout the eras. You know, it's almost yeah. like it's like the same story, but it's very different feel to like the different kind of bonds throughout the years. That's decades. a good call. Um, so it depends on what bond you like best, I guess, or what era or whatever. And it yeah. just didn't have a clear vision across the board through the seven films. That's where I think we could have had someone like Chris Columbus had stuck on and really told the directors like, you know what, this is maybe not the series for you to create your own vision for the story. Um, you know, just try to help, you know, direct them and you can put your own spices on it, but you know, keep it to the same tone and the same look and style at least would have been nice. Yeah. And that's honestly what I want from a reboot is just like for whoever has it made to go in and contract a director and a writer, be like, you listen, you're doing all seven. That's just how it's going to work. It's like, you gotta. Yeah. But were they expecting this to be a phenomenon? After the that books movie? were Absolutely. already a phenomenon. Yeah. The books were a phenomenon, but let's say, let's say the audience didn't connect with Daniel Radcliffe. What if they thought this kid is not Harry Potter? What, well, I don't want to see seven more of this kid. They, I don't think so. They knew so. as soon as the first movie like was over that it was going to be like. Yeah, once the first movie was over, they knew they were making all of them, and because it was a resonating or resounding success. Yeah, not well, to yeah, be. A... Yeah, but I'm saying what I'm saying is, let's say it wasn't a resounding success. Would I mean, we obviously we wouldn't be talking about this right now. <laughs> Right. Well, then but, why? Like, well, then they could have just waited, like waited for the first movie. And once it was go to Chris Columbus and be like, hey, we need, you, we, to make all we need you to make all of them. Yeah, that would make more because sense. Because they though. had the kids sign seven year contracts before the first movie. Oh, I did not know that. But yeah. That's was that in the in the reunion? Because we're supposed no, to be talking about the reunion. <laughs> I thought we moved no. past it. <laughs> no, I thought, <laughs> I this whole episode was supposed to be about the reunion. <laughs> uh, not much happened in the reunion. Um, not much to talk about. Yeah, just yeah. It, Trevor's even said he's like, I don't, like everything you talk about in the reunion just makes me want to talk about all the other stuff about Harry Potter. It really does. Yeah, it kind of makes I mean, you want to lean into what happened during the movies. Like, just think of. Go ahead. No, no, I, I'll, I'll derail us. Trust me. Okay, I was just when you have the seventh book. It's such a big deal because there's so much that goes into Harry's decision and Harry's motives and everything that kind of gets to end that journey. And mm -hmm. so when Hagrid brings him across the bridge and literally that's when Neville comes in is an actual savior. I don't know how you get to the point to change that. Could you imagine? I, it's got to be difficult to depict. But just the idea that literally at the same time that Harry reveals himself from the cloak, Neville gets the sword out of the sorting hat and slices Nagini's head. At that same moment, the house elves storm out of Hogwarts, and then the senators shoot arrows from the outside, and then the parents of all the kids there come storming over the other wall. It's this big chaotic cluster of everything happening. And in the movie, Nagini slides away and is going on a hunt for Ron and Hermione. 
it's the weirdest anticlimactic just conclusion of an epic idea. It's an epic story. The movies are building towards something, and then it's just like there's no climax. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's not true. They grab each other, yeah. and then they fall. Oh, no. oh, no. yeah. they, they jump up, and he explained that. And he's like, oh, they ha always had this horacruxy spirit. And I'm like, you're going to use the word horacruxy <laughs> in describing these movies, because it shows how big of a fan you are. But not only that, Voldemort just killed Harry's horacrux. His scar, the actual piece of Voldemort, they don't have that connection anymore. It's yep. literally just been destroyed in the forest before this fight. So they don't have that connection. It's completely gone. So you don't still have that fly. Oh, look at our CGI. We merged their faces together as they're flying around. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's, that's gone. It literally just ended. It's like he, like, I know they film movies out of order, but it's like they forgot that, oh, we did that sequence where that Horcrux connection has ended. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> baby Voldemort. Yeah, the baby, yeah. the creepy baby Voldemort. God, I don't remember any of these movies. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, it helps. We literally just rewatched all I just all watched all the movies, and it, it's amazing. So if you watch those movies and just kind of pause and just laugh at them, there's some good comedy bits in there. <laughs> you, you got it, because you oh, can't sure? take them seriously, man. See, and I have uh, to Trust also... me, I don't. Look at me right now. Well, it's just it's <laughs> fan stuff. That's on my all. forehead, and I'm wearing glasses without lenses. I'm not taking this stuff very seriously. Edit. I mean, I have to explain <laughs> Trevor's vitriol a little bit. Is he also just finished rereading the entire series? So he finished. He was about halfway through the seventh book. He's like, "Let's start rewatching the movies," so that like kind of time up finishing the movies with the book. And so every time we watch it, you pause. He's like, "That's not how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's not who that what that's supposed to look like." But just like, I do want to give a shout out to the books. I read the books when they came out. I started reading the book when I was 11 and that's the first book Harry's 11 and I read them as they came out every time after that and I haven't looked at them since and then over the last year I was like I'm gonna reread the Harry Potter books and so it gives you a great appreciation to the actual storytelling of JK Rowling she is an amazing storyteller no matter what you say about her and her opinions or beliefs she's one of the best storytellers alive and one of the best storytellers over the past hundred years at least and it's just, they're amazing books. And I guess I just am flabbergasted that you're like, I'm going to change that in the film depiction of that. It is strange. I agree. Like when I read those books, like I was in that world. Like that doesn't happen mm -hmm. with every book. I mean, I'll enjoy some books, but there are very few books that I'm like living in that world for the weeks or months or whatever that I'm reading those books. Well, That's a rare talent. There's a reason Harry Potter resonates with so many people where people like, their house becomes a part of their identity. Like mm -hmm. you meet somebody, you're like, oh, what's your what's your Hogwarts house? It's like a thing that it's, it's in our lexicon now that that even exists. Like you you can't build something like Harry Potter World at Universal and have it be as successful as it is without the yeah. basis of those books and people wanting so badly to live in that world and believe, sure. oh, when I'm 11, even though I'm 13, I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna get my owl, I'm gonna get my letter, I'm gonna get my wand, like. Yeah, and, and to your point, uh, Trevor, um, just to go back to Yates, like when Yates came on board, I was so disappointed. Like I can tell that he like you know, he can have good shots and scenes, like 
the way they look and stuff is fine. Like he's a great director in that regard. Uh, like we talked about this with Zack Snyder, like, yeah, it's great. You know, he knows how to set a scene, he knows how to make it look nice, but there's something about the tone that he doesn't quite understand what JK Rowling was getting at. And one of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene in, in all the books is a scene that's not in the movies, which is the house of Gaunt. And for whatever reason, they don't include it in the the movies, but it's a scene in my, if, at least in my recollection, is that it was mostly daytime. The whole that whole chapter in the books, and it was one of the darkest scenes in the books. And you can do those scenes in daytime and have it still be dark and let it resonate and have that you know evil undertone to it. And I think they just missed that in all those final books. It was just so dour. It felt like I was watching Twilight instead of Harry Potter. To me, at least, there's no whimsy, no magic. The magic had gone out, been the snuffed magic, out after the. Yeah, third I don't know movie. why the magic leaves, and but like that's just the whole idea of the depictions of magic, though, because mm. it's a lot where it's just like bullet fire. There's a point where they're running through the forest, and there's they're shooting each trees. Other, yeah. It looks like they're getting yeah. shot at. It that's not how magic no. is spells. You don't just have blasts and stuff. Yeah, it's silly. It's like when everybody flies around as like black smoke monsters. I mean, yep. Voldemort is can fly, and Kingsley is like, yeah, he can fly, and everybody's blown away. And now ev all the Death Eaters can and fly. Everyone and now can. They never put Voldemort on that level of pure terror and power with magic in the movies. He never seems... He always seems like he's kind of complaining about stuff, and he's always whiny. He never seems to be like this devastating adversary, like he can pretty much do anything there is with magic. Yeah, honestly, kind of silly. Yeah, like you almost kind of want to laugh at him because he's so silly. <laughs> we at the end, there's a You're part. So silly, I got your nose. <laughs> no, the, the, at the end, he's uh, he says some like joke or something about Neville, and all the Death Eaters laugh behind him, and he turns around and he's like. Ha ha ha. Like he doesn't know what laughing is. Like he's like trying to replicate what laughing is supposed to be. It's like the Mark Zuckerberg meta video where there's a yes. jar of barbecue sauce on the bookshelf behind him in the living room. He's like, what do humans like? They like barbecue sauce. Get that in the shot. That's right. Yes. Put that there. Very nice. Well, I know that you guys just kind of blasted this movie for the last 40 minutes. What, <laughs> what, what is about Harry Potter that you actually like? Like, why are we sitting here talking about this? Why is there such a big phenomenon if we're sitting here complaining about these movies? Well, I think that's why we're complaining. It's because we're so passionate about the world and the books and the story and the characters. Is that, and most, like, I've known tons of Harry Potter fans. Most people that are huge Harry Potter fans know that the movies aren't great. Um, unless they're Harry Potter movie fans. Now, Harry uh, Potter fans that started with the books or who like the books more are always going to be like, well, the movies aren't, they didn't get it right. Like these, this is right and this is right and I can respect that. But for the most part, the whole story of Harry Potter in the movies is wrong. It, it fell flat. It's yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, and so that's why. Like we care so much about this world and about these characters that we get passionate about it and we get fired up. So it, it sounds like we hate it, but it's because we love it so much. <laughs> no, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. It's exactly what And it it's is. tough also. I always try to kind I of might like not, zoom out. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I might have to renew my vows. <laughs> And just add all this type of stuff that I don't like, but it's because I love you so much. That's that's, that's why. <laughs> that's what I got out of. That. Nice. 
Sorry. But no, when you zoom out, it's tough to kind of just look at the movies by themselves. Like, I, I try to try my best to just watch it without the knowledge of the books. It's impossible to do so. But to try to, like, ask people who have only ever seen the movies, you know, what what's the part that resonates you with you? What's the parts that kind of connect with you? Well, Alex doesn't connect with it. It's not. Oh, that's true. I was like, Alex has only seen it. <laughs> it's more the people who are big Harry Potter fans. Oh, I've never read the books, and I, I, I can't, I can't visualize it. Like, I can't. I like respect to any of our listeners who are those type of people. I'm not, you know, criticizing you or getting down on you. I just don't understand it. Just, I can't not have that book knowledge when I watch the movies. And I, there's a lot of book adaptations in the movies, and of course, it's not going to be perfect and all of that, but. When you're just watching the movies, it seems like I'm like, okay, I, I don't know anything about Snape and I'm watching this movie. Is it is it conveying Snape's motives? Or, you know, I you know, like I, I don't know what how Ron and Hermione ever end up together and all the reasons that develop their relationship when I'm just watching the movies. And it, it's really tough because when you look at it, knowing that, it's like, well, they didn't convey how they actually have a romantic relationship that develops. Ginny and Harry. <laughs> Ginny and Harry yeah. is not hmm. developed at all. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Suddenly they Harry's just kinda... into Ginny. <laughs> yeah, and they start making out or something. Yeah. yeah. They're married. Like... Yeah. Snogging. Oh, yes. They Ginny, like, out of every character in the Harry Potter movies, they did Ginny the dirtiest. Like, Ginny is such an awesome character in the books, and they're just like, <laughs> Yeah, they went on we'll to just do speak her in the background until she has to make out with Harry Potter. It's yep. a lot of not having the same director where it's like, okay, we won't emphasize the glass that's actually serious because we don't know how that will influence it later on because I don't right. plan it that far out. I don't care about Dobie's death because I'm not planning it that far out. I don't care about Ginny's, you know, relationship with Harry because I'm not thinking about, oh, they're going to end up in together in seven. So I need to set it up in five. That's the problem with not having someone who is seeing it all the way through to the end. That was there yeah, from the they, beginning. They need what Marvel has that like overarching like people Person that are who like, maintains yeah. the timeline. They have two people, and all they, they do they look at Kevin everything Feige. and they maintain the timeline. Yeah, that's what they need. They need a writer. Yeah, Marvel has to remake fans. Harry Potter. This is WB man. WB don't they don't come yeah, on. They do not plan. Look at look at DC man. No, DC universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well, at least they didn't do that to Harry Potter. I mean, I guess they kind of did, but they, it's like, they just keep rebooting it. They, they, <laughs> they, they felt like they kind of did reboot it right in the middle once they changed directors and, the second, third time. Well, I mean, the loss of Richard Harris as Dumbledore. That's was, the biggest that's thing. That's the big, like that. He was so perfect as when Dumbledore. When Chris Columbus in the reunion says, oh, Richard Harris, he was just like, an 11 year old trapped in a 70 some year old body. He was that's Dumbledore. All the time. Like, yes. That is Dumbledore. Yeah. He embodies Dumbledore. And the guy they brought in, it's like he never read the books. He's like, I'm going to act. He acted it. He acted the lines. He acted the dialogue, but he acted it like a Shakespearean actor. And he didn't act anything like Dumbledore's conveyed in the books. We came yeah. up with a headcanon that um, actually that was uh, Aberforth. Yes. <laughs> and him and Dumbledore switch places. They yes. switch places at the end of two. <laughs> <laughs> and Dumbledore's still and out there on adventures. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely like that part of the uh, the the reunion where they were talking about how he was walking by the bird. Oh, he thought the bird was real. And he goes, "What <laughs> story?" And he, oh, yeah, what God. does he say? He says something like, "The way they train these birds is just magnificent." <laughs> so good like that is wild like oh my god and then god. tom felton when he was talking to dean he's like oh yeah on the first day 
Richard Harris, I didn't know he was on the movie, and we were in this big fancy place, and I thought he was like a tour guide or something. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. I loved that. Uh, now, did you guys know lines. about they like needed more of those? Yeah, they did. I know that you guys said that you know a lot about the behind the scenes and whatnot. Did you know a lot about the the like love connections between certain cast members? Oh, the the whole rumor that Emma Watson had a thing for Tom Felton has been around forever. So <laughs> okay, and then uh, and well, they really like opened that up in this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm just going to call it a documentary. I'm not going to call it a reunion sure. anymore. We should almost change the name of this episode to not reunion. This is we Harry, Harry Potter, Potter not reunion. Yeah, <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter commentary. That that's that yes. work, but. I didn't know, and that's the thing. I think for a person like myself, watching the Harry Potter reunion was actually a good thing because it it felt cool. It felt I've never heard any of these stories. I don't know anything behind the scenes when it comes to the Harry Potter, and then to learn like these kids grew up together. Almost, I mean, they they went through some the major changes in a kid's life. Well, it's from funny. childhood to adulthood. They made a big deal about the movie. Is it the room or the one where Brie Larson has, or no, it's the one with the little boy where he actually ages up the entire. Oh, it's like called boy or something. Yeah, like it's that. called, it's called boy. boy's life. Boyhood. Yeah, but they, they did that on the Harry Potter movies over yeah. eight films. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. It, that's and, that is the most brilliant thing though because we actually we as an audience grew up with those kids as well mm -hmm. so it, we have found the connection with us all with with them and yeah i, I don't know I, I really found that to be very fascinating stuff i mean i didn't know all the stories like the, that whole story about richard harris i didn't know that emma watson tells that story about her like hamster or something i didn't know that so which was such fun. a bizarre why they added that story and then in daniel radcliffe's like i don't remember that at all <laughs> <laughs> he's like how much stuff did i forget <laughs> well i mean they didn't even touch on his alcoholism or anything like that it was a celebration no. it was a celebration i would yeah. love something i would love a no no come on let me let me talk about your alcoholism hey tell me about the really tough parts of your life just wait for the want... barbara walter special in 20 more years well, i want be dead, the actors but, no. to like answer the fan questions i want people to ask uh, Michael Gambon, who played Dumbledore, be like, "Hey, hey, you know that scene in Goblet of Fire? <laughs> that scene. <laughs> that <Where>? scene. <laughs> you know where it says calmly. <laughs> Dumbledore calmly approached Harry and said, Harry, did you put your name in the cup? Let me get <laughs> into the water. Yeah. Harry, <laughs> answer me. <laughs> If you ask most Harry Potter fans their biggest problem with the movies, it would be that scene right there. That scene, just that whole portrayal of, of him as that character. It just, he wasn't well, magical. So since warm. we are ragging on this, is there anything that you oh, really man. do like about the movies? Is like something okay. standout, whether it's an actor, performance, scene, look. I really like place. the first two movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. for, for actors, I will say, even though he's too old, Okay. Alan Rickman was a he took oh, yeah. Snape like Snape is Alan Rickman. They are the, they yeah. are the same. He was a perfect Snape. He's too like, old, but I, I feel like a lot of the established older actors did a good job. I feel mm -hmm. Lupin did a good job. I feel oh, Maggie yeah. Smith is mm -hmm. always going to oh, do Maggie an amazing Smith job. as McGonagall. She's perfect McGonagall. Perfect. Yeah, okay. I was, well, I got yeah. Which right. Gary they, Oldman wasn't my serious, but <laughs> they cut out a lot of stuff with her too. 
like the whole fighting scene that I thought that was pretty fascinating that they had this like weeks long training on how to fight each other. And then they shoot the whole fighting scene and it is nowhere to be seen in any of the movies. Well, That's the Order of the you. Phoenix end is kind of lackluster when they go to mm. the department of Mis- Mis- uh, mysteries Mystery. and you go to that brain room and oh, then you go to room. that time room and the time clock falls on the death eaters head and he has a baby head that all goes all and like, why don't time they, back and forth. Why don't they do yeah. that? Right. It's like you're, you have a movie. You could do that. It's that was the best part. My favorite part the fifth book was my favorite for a lot of reasons. And that was one of them is that whole scene, the brain room, the brain attacking Ron and he like loses his mind for like the whole battle. <laughs> and just the, the veil and how this the, must the be in the book. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah it's that's never, that's not in the, in the movies. In the, okay, the, the cool. department of mysteries in the movies is essentially it's just the prophecy prophecies. room. And then they're it's like, nothing. Oh, we got to put the arch in there. That's like, a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, just having Helen Bono Carter talk to Gary Oldman about that scene that they fought this whole time and then in the movie yeah. there's one spell cast and then Sirius falls through the veil done yeah it's like why that, like that spell's never cast in the book I he know. just falls through the archway and then he he's gone. Yeah, like, back, yeah he doesn't there's get no the point there's no point yeah. for him to fall through it he's already dead right yeah, like he can yeah, stand the there right there and be no dead sense in that yeah See, it's that, that's <laughs> that's the despair though like i remember when i read that book and like i cried so hard when sirius died my mom like came downstairs she's like what's wrong are you hurt what's going on <laughs> she's like you scared me to death and do i need to turn I off guess... the wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> and it because it was just the whole like that despair like because he meant yeah. so much to harry and they really don't go into that in the movies like their relationship in the movies is nothing like it is in the books. Like what he represents to Harry, like the future that he represents is just such a big deal. And then he stumbles back through the veil and he's gone. And it's like, I remember being like, we'll go through, like, look for him. He has to be somewhere. Harry goes, right? yeah, Harry goes to the other side of the veil. He just fell right through this archway. He's just on the other side. But he's just gone. And you, it's like, it's one of the mysteries in Harry Potter. It's like, well, maybe he's still alive somewhere. <laughs> right. Okay. And then you see his ghost at the end of the books, and then you're like, damn it. Oh, so this is tied into Star Wars. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm tracking. Now I understand Harry Potter. I already mentioned that we we lined up the timeline with the Thanos snap. When Mm -hmm. Voldemort, he gets Thanos snapped while he's fighting Harry. He didn't actually get killed. Yeah, Bellatrix also also got Thanos snapped. So that times up with the MCU. And then having the whole Force ghosts. And the The fact that they're all Jedis. I mean, really, they're all Jedis. Right, they, they just all have are to Jedi. say, yeah. So wands. this is a wands. <laughs> seriously lightsabers, yeah, wands. Sands. Same, they, same, brother. The Harry Potter man. They start doing all these force push abilities somehow out of nowhere. Everybody, <laughs> every, just like every Neo in the new Matrix. Non-verbal. Yeah. Now we've got the Matrix involved. I love this. Let's make it all happen. Oh, oh, wait, Space Jam made it all happen. That's right. Never mind. That's true. <laughs> Space Jam. Oh, anyway. but not fun. Yeah, back, Actually, back neither one of those movies are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter, she did a really good job. Like Bellatrix is described to look differently, but she acts crazily perfect as Bellatrix and as herself in the reunion. She did a really good job reading Harry or Daniel Radcliffe's letter, and at the end, where he says, cute. "If I was ten years younger." <laughs> Older, older. Old. He was ten years older. Yeah, yeah. He was really born. Really no, if he was born ten years earlier. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah. there you go. That's yeah, what it was. Wait, uh, I could have had a chance. <laughs> Good for him. Oh well. Hey man, he shot his shot, dude. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh, it's great. I love Bellatrix. I love her oh, as a character in the books, and I love Helen Bottom Carter as the character. So yeah, she's such just, a phenomenal actress. I thought that Gary Oldman discussion with Daniel Radcliffe was good as well. I just wish <laughs> that he interacted with more people beyond Daniel Radcliffe. They, it's funny because um, going back on yeah. Sirius and Harry's relationship is they talked about like how much Gary Oldman and like Daniel Radcliffe like hung out behind the scenes, and, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. I wish I'd seen that relationship yeah, in they, the movie. They, they like connected on <laughs> acting nice. and stuff. Instead he, of just having up, his face in the fire for one yeah, scene. Yeah, he shows up the <laughs> whole fourth book. All the interaction with Sirius, it's reduced in the film to in the fire. That weird... Like that's that's like, his dad. Like, that's his father. And his like, they don't convey that well enough to me. Wait, what? It's no, not, not no, his it's father. Just, like, that's his oh, father. He's a father figure. Yeah, yeah. But that that's, is, that's his dad. Like, he didn't have oh, a dad growing God. up. Even just adding in that scene at the end of the third one where they're on the train and like the owl comes and it has the Hogsmeade letter and Sirius signed it. Like just even that would have been so much. I was like, when at the end of the third movie, I was like, they didn't, they didn't do that part. How does Harry ever go to Hogsmeade? <laughs> never know. You never know. And I mean, Anyways. Sirius also gives him the firebolt. And for some reason, after the second movie, Quidditch just doesn't happen really anymore. Quidditch isn't a thing. Yeah, even the Quidditch World Cup. The Quidditch no World Quidditch. Cup is only an introduction. They don't actually play the game of Quidditch. And so when the Triwizard Tournament happens, Wood doesn't become irate that you can't cancel Quidditch because right. they don't ever show Quidditch to matter. So he doesn't care. And then in the fifth one, when Harry gets permanently banned by Umbridge from Quidditch, that doesn't matter because Quidditch never happened either. So he doesn't. That's not a thing to take away from him. I miss yeah. Quidditch. Well, I think we're definitely British, you know? proving the point that the books are better than the movies. Uh, I think we just spent an hour doing that. <laughs> should we? Sorry. Should well, we so, you that, can't that, talk about Harry Potter without talking about that. It's just impossible. I mean, to that point, though, of like what we want to see, like they're doing the Fantastic Beasts, and for some reason, J.K. Rowling has this vendetta to destroy Dumbledore's character and just make him the absolute worst thing. I, I don't know what that mind thing is. That That's her, and she's doing a whole separate movie series just under the pretense of Fantastic Beasts. But is there something you would like to see made within the Harry Potter universe? Like, do you want to see it as a TV show? Do you want to see it as a movie series? You keep inhaling. Because <laughs> I'm going to speak for like every Harry Potter fan ever and say we want the Marauders. That's what we want. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I would love to see their backstory. Like a that TV would, that show would be of the misadventures. Life, a TV of story the of them, how they became yeah. their different names and everything, and how they made the map and or how they stumbled because upon it and everything. It's, it's all, all familiar characters, but it's an entirely new story. It's these yes. kids growing up in a time where Voldemort is in power, and like, what's that yeah. like? And just there's so much story there that we all care about because we care about those characters, and it would just. It, uh, I just said, want it. <laughs> it just fits oh, I, as a I TV agree. show. It's, it's a high school TV drama set in Hogwarts because some of the better exactly. parts of the movies is the teenage angst, but they kind of go at it haphazardly and don't fully flesh it out. So you, TV show is yeah. going to give you more time because yeah. they can't spend time on teenage dynamics when you have to have three events in the Tiger Wizard tournament. They did, film. though. <laughs> not as much as they could have. Not in like a TV show. What, this whole six movie is teen angst. Forget yeah. Voldemort's backstory. Teen angst. Oh instead. yeah, the Voldemort back. We don't even get Tom Riddle <laughs> at all. 
in but, the sixth movie. Okay, anyway, back to things that we want to see. <laughs> that would be my thing. It'd be Tom Riddle. I want to see like his story. We could go book favorite. by book and be like, this is what they left out, and this is what they left out. I mean, that like, would be okay. a good TV show too. Of the rise of Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. I would love it. That would be my thing. That would be that's what it's that's what was dark. missing, and that ticks me off that we didn't get. And you can do. I him. mean. You haven't read The Cursed Child, but The Cursed Child is all about all their kids at Hogwarts. That could be a series, yeah. too. It's a stage play already. Could be. I mean, you could go back to the four founders. Yeah. Where they're like, you know, <laughs> Gryffindor's like, oh, I want the bravest. And then Ravenclaw's like, I want the smartest. And then Hufflepuff's like, I'll take the rest. And then Slytherin's like, I'm going to put a big snake <laughs> in Hogwarts. <laughs> I was going to hide it. You're not going to know where it's at. Oh, so there no <laughs> Salazar go do that buddy <laughs> they all pick on him that's like I, evil I guess I'll just say I, I want what you guys want oh, thanks, I, I don't know Aww. I don't know I, I don't I don't know I will I don't... say that I don't like the Fantastic Beast movies because I just don't care about the American Wizarding School I just don't care like See, I, I really... care about the UK like that's my place I really liked the first one because it's it was like they added like an overarching plot that had to do with the rest of the world, but it was about the beasts. And I was like, this, uh, sure. this is fun. And it's cool. Well, it's I don't fun. Have, it's a fun movie. Yeah. I don't I have a book to compare it to. That was my favorite thing about it, about watching it. I can actually okay. just enjoy it as a movie and, and they, not be like, they didn't do this and they didn't do this. And this is wrong. Sure, they sure. didn't do this. <laughs> but just having fantastic beasts is fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like if you put the fantastic beasts and just, and bring them back over to, to England. Because <laughs> I don't if care. You just about had a America. TV show. Where he goes and captures a new fantastical beast every week. It would be like a yeah. monster of the week. And in the they UK. Come up with super imaginative stuff. I agree. See, see, Prague, I like I guess there's supposed to be like eleven great wizarding schools. And because I, I was one. reading up about it the yeah, other day. And I was like, I would love to learn about well, all those. Like to have like an anthology series, kind of like Star Wars Visions. Right. But with different stories at these schools, like the one in Japan and there's one in Africa and one in Russia and one in Norway. And it would just be really cool to see would be. how these oh, schools yeah. are different. It's just not in America. I just don't care about the American ones. Boring. Where Americans are boring. I, I just want to know there has boring. to be more than one. There just has oh, yeah, to be more is. than one. I know there's one in like Brazil, but there's no way one wizarding school can service all of North America. They already have yeah. one wizarding school for the UK, which is like the size of California. There you go. There you go. It doesn't make any sense. No. Imagine if every college student went to Harvard. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, then we lot. would all have to hear about it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, well, I went there too. Yeah, but so did I. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I went there before you. Yeah. Harvard. Anyways. <laughs> Muffy. Muffy, he went to Harvard too. <laughs> okay. And then just like this is probably a deeper topic. Just put a cursory glance of JK Rowling and deciding to put foot in mouth. Like literally, she's making the decision to not just stay quiet and people love her. Instead, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna put my foot in the ground and go on die on this hill of something that shouldn't have any bearing on her life. And so the question is, does that impact your view of Harry Potter? Because there's some people like, oh, I'm going to, you know, throw all the books in the trash. I'm not going to see any of the movies ever again. I'm not going to go to the Harry Potter world and buy all the merchandise and stuff. And that's fine for some people. But should people be able to, like, have that division? Because if you go through 
probably the greatest writers in the history of time. Every hundred years you go back, you're going to find some really dark stuff that's way worse than anything that Artists, J.K. Rowling could possibly come up with. I mean, I don't know if you knew this about Lewis Carroll, but he really liked little girls. So <laughs> this happens, and that doesn't mean you can't write great stuff. You know, these people are probably, I mean, a lot of them are probably demented, and she has her own views. And I think that she probably did this because she thought that, oh, I have this money and power. I could be like this activist for this other cause that no one else seems to agree with me on. <laughs> for whatever reason. But for me personally, no, it doesn't take my view of, of Harry Potter. Um, I think that uh, like whatever comes out of an artist's head, whether it be uh, painting, music, art, like that is no longer a part of them anymore. Like that is out in the world for us to enjoy. Um, and I'm going to enjoy it. Like it's a little bit different too. If it was like an actor, for example, if I were going to watch a movie with Kevin Spacey, like, unfortunately that is tainted. Like I'm going to watch that. I'm going to be like, Ugh, a little bit. Um, I don't have to see JK Rowling in her books when I read them. So I'm going to pause you guys great. on this, on this topic, because this is yes. a topic that we've been discussing for a long time now that we want to actually bring on board. Uh, for a full episode where we actually spend a lot of time on this where we can separate yeah. or should we separate the artist from the art or vice versa of art, artists all that stuff so yeah. i w i would rather save almost this whole conversation for that yeah, i won't go too deep we're, yeah. we're just that, dipping our toes tip. alex yeah, toe. <laughs> no 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 and i'm glad that we are because this yeah. is a great intro it's to, a good setup for a future yeah, podcast for a future podcast but yeah, I'm going to still buy merchandise and everything Harry Potter, and I'm still going to read the books. So I, w I would say for me, I tend to walk the line a little bit. I think there are uh, some things that certain artists do that rub me that like do interfere with me being able to enjoy what they do, like you said, and um, with actors, especially because you see them and you're like, you can't I, can't, help it, right? I yeah. can't help it. Um, but I agree. You don't see you don't see J.K. Rowling in her book. And at the end of the day, it's like we all grew up with Harry Potter and you can't just erase that. Yeah. You can't. And it like, I like, I never want to be the parent. That's like, you can't read this. You can't watch that. You can't do this. Cause I, I want my children to make their own choices and learn from the world. Like yeah. the whole thing. And as an, a writer and an artist myself, it's about being able to separate fiction from life. It's like if you read something really messed up in fiction, that doesn't mean that the person that wrote it believes those things. Right. And it doesn't exactly. mean that the characters in her book believe the things that she believes because they have a life of their own now through the fans. Yes. And they always will. Well said. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Not gonna lie. That's a, that's a great way to wrap this whole thing up. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I have one more way to wrap it up. Oh, come on. Really that was about so this. good. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We haven't talked about houses. Oh, yes. I think we have before, but we should play uh, it again. Since you we have only Elon. have two houses. The other two really don't even matter. Wow. See, wow, that's indeed. The... I want to know what. <laughs> well, no, the I know exactly what Stewie's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's the lion and the snake. Those are the oh, two the movie houses. Portray that there's here. only two houses. Exactly. I know they do. what I the know. biggest that's difference true. is. When people say Hufflepuff, I'm sitting here thinking of a Pokemon. He said that. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> he what? said Pokemon. Is this is exactly how I say it. It's Pokemans. <gasps> Gotta get them. Po I'm a Hufflepuff. Catch them all. For your information. So you're a Pokemon. Okay. Who are you? Door. There's no way. We had this discussion on our walk earlier. Oh, no, he's told about what your house was, Alex. And he's like, really? You don't think he's this or that? I'm like, no. He's a Gryffindor. 
what what is the <laughs> other one? I don't why. even know what the other Explain one why? is. Yeah. Because you're very sociable, you're loud, you're courageous in the right moments, especially social situations. You're just you like to them to me, that's why. He was like, Well, not a Slytherin. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> Alex Slytherin. That sounds so mean. See, that's the other thing, is it really book the movies do a really big disservice to Slytherin. Like, right, yeah. because evil. it's all the bad guys go there. Gryffindor is good. That's not true. Wormtail was a Gryffindor. Yeah, that's the weirdest Who? sword is that Peter Pettigrew Peter Pettigrew. a Gryffindor. He's Who? a Gryffindor. He's the one that <laughs> turns into a rat. He's the henchman that cuts oh. off his hand and brings back Voldemort. He <laughs> oh. betrays James and Lily, although they he never sounds... go into the whole Oath Keeper thing. <laughs> I remember the guy turning into a rat because that was Ron's pet for a while. Mm -hmm. And then Ron was like, how come my pet just turned into some middle-aged dude? <laughs> Or at least that's what yeah. I was thinking. But and yeah, by so... the way, why was Ron not a Hufflepuff? Shouldn't he have been a Hufflepuff? Why? Or the why? other one? Yeah. What's the other one? No, Hufflepuff Ravenclaw? is what you're thinking of. No, it's like Hermione should have been a Ravenclaw. Hermione definitely Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Okay. Ravenclaw. I don't think, no, Ron's <laughs> not nice enough to be a Hufflepuff. Sorry, Ron fans. She's just not. That's <laughs> true. Anyways, so. I'm I'm Ravenclaw. Time. No, I'm the lion. No, you're Gryffindor. The lion. You're yeah. the lion. And so Frog's yeah. Hufflepuff. You're a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> and and Prog. No Slytherins though on our team. Yeah, there's That's no good. Slytherins here. Prog, Prog is also a Hufflepuff. He's a badger like me. I've been Hufflepuff since day one. <laughs> Oh yeah, I read the books. I'm like, oh my god, that's so mean. It's funny, Prog, because I thought I was a Ravenclaw for the longest time, and I was, and everyone's like, I, like, but I knew I was a Hufflepuff. I'm like, I'm a Hufflepuff. Mm. I really would. I like, I'm a Ravenclaw, but I'm a Hufflepuff. And yeah. then Pottermore came out, and I remember like waiting it, online when it came out, yeah. like the night, and taking my sewing test, and it's like, you're a Ravenclaw, and I was like, no, I'm a Hufflepuff. No, no. <laughs> Should I go on to BuzzFeed right now and do the yeah, hurry up, BuzzFeed go, go, go. thing yeah, no, and I then don't. they'll tell me? <laughs> just do Pottermore. Yeah, what just is a Pottermore? Pottermore. more accurate one. What is Pottermore? <laughs> okay, I'm looking it up. Oh, Alex. <laughs> so you guys discuss. You this, test, this test anyways. It's really? Test. It takes a long time? Yes. Then I don't want to do it. I, mean, I don't like taking tests to begin with. Though. I think everybody knows that my favorite character in most things is going to be animal based. And so Hedwig's my favorite character and Fox is probably number two, but as a Ravenclaw and reading the books again and watching the movies again, Luna is probably my favorite human character. Oh yeah. She's fantastic. And I really like her part. Who plays her. Yeah. yeah. And the reunion just, she's so Luna just in real she's life. She's still Luna to this day. Yeah. Like, yeah she's still her. <laughs> well, the but best thing about Luna. You know that. Yeah. Is Ivana Lynch? She's not an actress. She's just a fan, yeah. and just she fan just happened to be cast as Luna. Yeah, she was just yeah. lucky, and so she's like immensely grateful for that to this day. She knew Luna as a character going into the movies to play her. Like, I love her story where she's like, "There's times where I was just staring at Daniel Radcliffe, just like I'm watching it on TV." And I don't say anything back. <laughs> they're like, this is perfect. You just look totally perfect. aloof and out of it. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. No, I, it was actually more fun hearing the stories like that. Like the fact mm -hmm. that when she was a little girl, she was writing J.K. Rowling letters and J.K. Rowling actually wrote back to her. Like that's bonkers to me. Because yeah. I'm sure J.K. Rowling gets like just piles and piles of letters. Right now, it's most likely hate mail, but she used to get a <laughs> whole bunch day. of other letters. Yeah. Yeah. 
So <laughs> apparently she didn't write too many fans back. So to have that, right. be very special. I'm sure that is pretty special. Yeah. So, so that was always good. That was a cool part of that. Uh, the reunion that I, yeah. That I saw. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, I think it was Rupert Grint that was talking about, J- about JK Rowling. He's like, you know, I kind of see her as an aunt where she's family and I love her, but I don't necessarily agree with what she says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got Muriel. <laughs> it's literal aunt in the movie. Well, yep. now the biggest thing, like one of the biggest takeaways for myself for this Harry Potter reunion, um, was kind of the. I I almost think that they actually ended their show with this is the fact that they were all kind of outcasts, and mm-hmm. outcasts can kind of feel normal in this wizarding world. In a way, you know what I mean? Like, so, am I am I saying this right? That well, yeah, yeah. no, it's funny because Michelle and I were watching the movies that made us about Nightmare Before Christmas last night, and how recently it's gained resurgence. Like when it launched, it really didn't do anything, and it's all like made for misfits and outsiders. And Harry Potter, it's the same like inclusion for outfits and misfits. And what point does it become? Oh. You're not an outsider because something is so popular. Where you're not right. really a misfit, you're doing the general thing now. Like if there's Harry Potter, such this big thing, you're not an it, outsider anymore. You're an insider, right. and so the misfits right. aren't outsiders, and it's this weird dichotomy and irony of when does that change? I know it's like it's at like this point, culture. Yeah, at yeah. this point, if you meet someone that doesn't like Harry Potter, isn't They're that the doesn't make them more of an yeah. outsider? Because everybody loves Harry Potter, right, Alex? Yeah. Everyone. That, He's at least seen my, the movies and uh, enjoyed them. Oh, uh, my scar on my forehead hurts. But how rare is it to meet somebody <laughs> who hasn't seen a Harry Potter movie, who hasn't read the books? Like, read the books is more rare, but like most people have seen the movies. Oh, yeah. It's rare I, to meet someone everybody. that's like, oh, I'm not really into that. I'd be like, we can't be friends. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, we can talk, but no, I don't know if we can be friends. There's no way we'll get along. You don't know what your Hogwarts house is? It's just. It's hey, I just learned what mine thing. was. Did you take the test? No, you told no, me. Told I am. Okay. Told you. <laughs> He's been crowned. He, he your word is hat. gold, dude. Oh, thank um. you. Although I'm of the personal opinion that your house is what you want it to be. Oh, like Harry. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't exactly. even tell that to his son in the epilogue. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I heard that they had to reshoot that too. They should reshoot they, it now. Yeah, they should. <laughs> they didn't like how they originally looked in the epilogue, so they were like, oh, oh, Harry with that beard this. showing up, be like, what up? <laughs> with a beard in his hand. If, All right, boy, get on out of here. You gotta wonder if Daniel Radcliffe grew the beard so people would not see him as Harry Potter as much. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it has to be. Has to be. Well, and he's only done, I feel like he's only really done a whole lot of like independent indie type stuff, of movies yeah, yeah oh, a lot of indie stuff. stuff what's that show that he's on With miracle Steve Buscemi, yeah. yeah miracle Even that Workers? was i i kind of like i watched like well, two or three episodes i'm like this TBS is pretty cool but eh. at least he did something yeah. oh yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah but you got hermione who's beauty and the bees she's all over the place i mean she well, is like what was interesting was Rupert Grant talked about how he has kids and he's had kidney stones and he's like living a relatively normal life. And both Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe, like Daniel Radcliffe's like maybe one day theoretically I'll have kids, you know? And Emma Watson has this whole stance that she's 
always great. She's dating herself. She's amazing, single. She doesn't define herself with anyone else, that whole thing. And it's just interesting to have Rupert Grimp be like, yeah, I, I got a kid. I've had kidney stones. I'm just doing regular Adult guy things, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. Well, she's trying to change the world. She's trying oh. to change things. He's just like, I just want to get to the end of my life. <laughs> I just want to go home and have a beer. Like, are we done? Can I go home now? There's a reason Rupert Grant was only in those interviews. He wasn't with anybody else. So no, he's like perfect. Heard... He is Ron Weasley. Like, he is so perfectly cast. Oh, my character. God. They even say that in the reunion where it's like they gave him the homework assignment and he didn't do it. And they were like, like yeah. that's, be that's because that's Ron, Ron wouldn't have done that. I, I wish he was a little funnier. I think Ron is funnier than Rupert Grint portrayed him, but that's, I guess, a more of a screenplay thing than a necessarily. Yeah, I think it's more thing. of a screenplay thing. Because I think he There's does. There's not much in the way of dialogue in yeah. any of the movies. They kind of like, nah. There's exposition, <laughs> yeah. but there's not much dialogue. Most of our lines will be talking about progressing the story. Yep. Hmm. Exactly. And then the, we mentioned the in memoriam section, but just. Richard Harris isn't the only one. Richard Griffiths, who played Uncle Vornan, passed away. John Hurt, who played Ollivander's, passed away. We know Alan Rickman as Snape has passed away. But also Helen McCory, who played Narcissa Malfoy. She was born in 1968, and I didn't know that she passed away in 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I don't remember that seeing it in the news at all. Me either. I was like, when they talked about it, I was like, wow. And that's like really recent. Yeah. Like you yeah. can see that it like even like Tom Felton was really like choked up about it still. I was like, wow. Like yeah, all the other really people, character too. Yeah, she did. She did a very good Narcissa. Just oh, over there. Yeah. The hair was weird. The hair was a weird choice, but <laughs> that probably wasn't her choice. But it's like they were trying to portray that she was a Malfoy, but also a black yeah. by giving her the dark right. hair. Right. But it was a weird a choice. On the nose. <laughs> yeah. And then before we end, one point that I do want to mention is the actor who plays Hagrid. He probably had the best line. Oh, Robbie he Coltrane. Did. He said yes. that. I probably am not going to be here in 50 years, or I'm not going to be here in 50 years, but Hagrid will be. And yeah. it's really... Oh, goosebumps. It's a thing <laughs> where actors, once they portray something, or books, or any kind, once you put that art out there, it's going to outlive you. And you don't often hear artists yeah. say that. Especially Harry Potter. Like and the, having that realization. You, you have to think, and they talked about Emma Watson wanting to quit, because the, you realize, this is who I am now. Like oh, for forever. their lives, yeah. like they yep. spent eight Doesn't years matter. as these characters. Yep. They're always going to be those characters, no matter what they do in the future. Like Emma Watson's always going to be Hermione. Daniel Radcliffe's always going to be Harry Potter. Rupert Grant's always going to be Ron Weasley and so on and so forth. Like it's just at 11 yeah, years are old. are going to walk up to them and be like, oh, you're that strange character from that weird indie movie. <laughs> hey, you're the Swiss army human, aren't you? Yeah, you're that guy. No, you you did not. all that farting or something in that <laughs> other movie on the island. Oh my God. Did anybody else see it. Swiss Army Human or whatever? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he he's like a dead guy that gets used to. Uh, it, you just I don't look care. it up. I, yeah, yeah. Look it up. All right, <laughs> but like you can't. You, you gotta imagine at eleven years old. There's no way to know by saying agreeing to this that that's the future you're signing up for. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and the fact that none of them, yeah, none of them can leave their houses anymore, like without having to sneak away or whatever. But that's any celebrity. True. Yep. So that's Harry Potter. If you 
watched the reunion and you didn't leave us a voicemail, hopefully in the future you are going to connect with us. But if you are a big Harry Potter fan, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know, are we super wrong? Are the movies the best? Who needs stupid books? Whatever your take. The books are way better. I, I don't and care. Books, <laughs> need Let us know. <laughs> books, we call that fire kindling. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. You know why the movie's better? It only took me two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we disclaimed your opinions, but me and Prog kind of echoed your opinions <laughs> Yeah, we did. I mean, I enjoy them more, probably more than you, but I, I do agree with you. They were hilarious. No, yeah. I, I, we, okay, those movies are like two hours and 30 minutes. It probably took us four hours to get through them just because you have to pause it and Stop rip it apart. And... That's some good laughs. Those are memories that you right. just create. We'll have those memories forever. <laughs> Thank you, Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, adorable. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the movies. I think, I think my wife really wants to, uh, Really wants to get back in there. She's super excited for Adeline to be old enough to start reading the books. That's her big thing right now. That, so. That's the thing. Like, that's yeah. Our kids can watch the movies, but you have to read the books first. Yeah, that's the only way. I mean, not to be like a total Harry Potter heretic, but I totally saw the first movie and then I read the books. What? Mm. Oh, and you call yourself a. Fan? I know. Yes, dude. How <laughs> dare you talk to for all the Harry, Harry Potter fans? Over Potter it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But they, they, I wasn't really into the idea of the books. I didn't really understand what they were about. Like no one, there wasn't the word of mouth there is today. There wasn't right. social you know media. It's like a bandwagon and sports fan. There's Here, all these gonna be Bengals and Rams fans over the new next two a, weeks. A bandwagon fan? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just buy the merch to show the, the proof. No. Oh look, I've had this jersey the whole time. I've always I've been a Ram fan since I was a little kid. This is why yeah. I don't wear any Harry Potter gear because I already because if I was gonna be a bandwagon fan, I'd buy Hufflepuff stuff. Yeah, because that's that's what's trendy now. Everyone's like, oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. It's, tell me it's not trending on Twitter. Everyone has to be a Hufflepuff now. That's not true. That's okay because we're awful buffs. Who cares? That's popular. Ask it out of here, folks. Wrap this up. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Mischief managed. Prog out. Levios. Adios, y'all. Gotta act surprised and laugh at what we say. Okay. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> said that before. <laughs> just find new ways to say it. So I'll just start with the video. Ready? Right. Whoosh.